This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a baby boy and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, we talk about letting our kids play with guns. Bang! You're dead! (laughs) Biz returns to her roots. Teresa is a hip young person, and we talk to actress, writer, comedian, Sarah Fire. Woo! Bang, 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 bang! Shoot them up! <laughs> Shoot them up! Load them up! Light them up! Uh, Teresa, <clears throat> what, an exciting, what an exciting show we're going to. I'm already sweating. I'm sweating, too. I'm already sweating. How are you, Teresa? I am really good. <laughs> Um, every week you come in and well, the, okay, not every week, but for uh-huh. the last three weeks you have come in saying you're really good, and yeah. I gotta admit that this like fourth time you yeah. actually sound convinced of it. I actually really am okay. today, and I'll tell you why. Please, the three S's. <laughs> okay, what are the three S's? Sex, Woo. showering, wow, and sleep. <gasps> What what parallel universe did you visit? What's happening? Uh, We went away over the weekend, Jesse and I, just the two of us, for 24 hours. Simon's old enough just to watch Oscar, right? Yeah, they're fine. Well, it's actually, I mean, the dogs are there, and they're very intuitive. Yeah. You know, and protective. I bet both both kids slept perfectly for those dogs. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we, we left them with the babysitter overnight. And it was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, It was for Jesse's birthday a month late. (laughs) Because I don't know if you guys remember, but he had an appendectomy. Right. Um, Fair enough. And, yeah, we went and stayed at, like, a swanky hotel downtown. And I think that we're actually, like, the opposite of hip young people because we couldn't, like, we couldn't manage, like, being in any of the public areas of this hotel. Like, it was just, like, all the music was too loud and, like, people weren't wearing enough clothes and, like, there was just too much, there was just this, we were just like, ah, like, go back to our room. Um, But that was fine. Just watch television and order steaks. Yeah, we were fine in our room. Isn't it nice? It was crazy. Yeah. It was insane. I took so many showers. I can't even tell you how many showers. Hours I took. Um, yeah, we had a we had a great time, and nice. like I will say, you know, I'm like the queen of saying like, don't set your expectations too right. too high. Like, don't expect this to like fix your life forever. Okay, but like. I mean, it fixed two days. It fixed two fucking days really well. Like, (laughs) and then I we came home at like nine a.m. on on Sunday morning, and like I had the whole day with the kids, and like it was fine. It was like a good day. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I was like, that's great. Yeah, good job. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, How are you? I'm good. We are going home to Alabama. Yeah. Uh, last summer, last summer, I kind of had this, like, Kay Bell was in preschool, mm-hmm. and the preschool went, like, year-round. So mm-hmm. there was no, like, it's summer, what are you going to do with summer? Yeah. <laughs> you went to preschool every day. Yeah. Up until kindergarten. Uh, and I remember I had a friend say, well, what are you going to do next year? And I was like, oh, fuck, I have three months. Yeah. Or two and a half months. What am I going to do? Uh, and so I was like, you know what? I'll take the kids to Alabama so that they can hang out with my parents. And, like, you know, I, that relationship's really important to me, uh, that they are able to develop that. And mm-hmm. um, and I like going home to Alabama. So we're going for about three weeks. And Stefan's going to travel down with us and then come back. And then he's going to tr- come back at the end of the trip for a couple of extra days. And travel back, so I'm not traveling with both kids by myself and luggage for three weeks. Um, I'm a little Good. stressed out about prepping a little mm-hmm. bit because it's like also we leave the day after Katie Bell's last day of school, oh. and so like the whole week's like there's a luau and there's this, yeah. and, you get to that. and I'm like, right, it can't just be like a regular week of no, school. No, no, it's, it's like, like total. Yeah. It's a half day here and a this yeah. there. So, um, but anyway, so we're looking forward to it. Uh, nobody panic. We're only taking like one week off from the show. Yeah. So you're all covered. You're welcome. You're welcome, everybody. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, summer vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, one of those shows will be done live from the basement of my home in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Get ready to enjoy that. I'm so excited about that. Yeah. No, I'm just excited. I'm going to have a chance. We've signed Katie Bell up for a couple of like day camps so that she's oh, got cool. stuff to do during the day. And Ellis will just wander about. Yeah. And yeah, no, we're just looking forward to it. I imagine Ellis like 
just like wandering through a field, like chewing on some grass. Again, that's just not the Alabama that we're from. It's <laughs> like totally suburban I love, neighborhood. I love just picturing like this, like there totally. Is a, there's a lot of carpet. Okay. There's a lot of carpet. All right. Uh, there is, you know, Chuck E. Cheese nearby and stuff. There's, you know, it's a backyard with a lot of dog poop minefields and stuff. I, it's going to be fucking hot. So you guys aren't going to, like, uh, walk along some train tracks that stretch off? No, no, that into... was my childhood. Okay. But that was not, that's not, we're not living near the train tracks okay. anymore. Uh, we're not doing that. No, it's just going to be a lot of my parents needing to take a lot of naps. <laughs> Uh, me probably, you know, I think my mother and I were talking the other day and she said, this is going to be so much fun uh-huh. for the kids and this is going to be so much fun for, uh, you know, us. Uh-huh. And I will admit, we're doubtful this is going to be that great for you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, I have a feeling I'm still cooking every night, like doing laundry and like all that Aww. stuff. But anyway, it's going to be fine. It'll, It'll be, be fine. Great. It's It'll be, be great. at least it's like something different. You know what I yep. mean? It'll like, be something different. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. So anyway, so that's exciting. Great. I'm um, going to miss you. I'm going to miss you. Oh, I know. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> what am I going to I'm going to, I, I have this feeling I'm going to start texting you. We're going to be like crazy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> If we miss a week, like yeah, the after a few days, I just start texting you <laughs> about like really unimportant shit, which is what we normally just share here in this booth. Right. Speaking of yeah. unimportant shit, yeah. Uh, today, Teresa and I have decided we're going to have a conversation as friends mm-hmm. about letting our kids play with toy guns. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yeah. Now that the collective universe listening to this podcast has stopped laughing at us yeah. uh, for that statement yeah. that I made previously, mm-hmm. uh, let's set up a little bit about what led to this. I think, it was, I think it's fair just to oh, say, sure. yeah, wh- why yeah. are we talking about this today? Yeah. Um, and I think it's just simply that you texted, it was just like a text or something, or you said something to me recently. You were just I said like, something about Simon wanting to play with the toy gun, yeah. wanting me to get him a toy gun. Yeah. Yeah. And just let's set up our kids' ages again, just real quick. Yeah, that's important. Sure. My older son Simon is three and a half, mm-hmm. and my younger son Oscar is one and a half. Okay. Katie Bell is five and a half, six in August, and Ellis is eighteen months, so mm-hmm. year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, okay. And you had texted me. You were like, "I'm. We're not getting him a gun." Yeah. And I, I just was like, I was like, "Oh, Katie Bell was actually playing with my wooden, my old wooden rubber band gun." Yeah. Like five minutes ago. Yeah. And then we were like, we should. And then we were like, oh, we can't be friends anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it was nice knowing you. Blush down the (laughs) toilet. I was like, actually, maybe we should try and have, like, talk about it on the show. Yeah. Because we've really run out of things, guys, to talk about in terms of parenting. Um, And so we were talking about, yeah, all right, let's talk about what we personally want to do with our kids with guns. And we're going to, the, we want to preface this with this is not a discussion about gun control yeah. or guns in real guns in your houses or anything. I mean, like those things may kind of come up in the I, course of yeah. the discussion. I think, but I think but that would be a different. That's a discussion. totally different discussion. Yeah, and this uh, is about letting your kids play shooting, shooting game. Yeah, yeah shooting, shooting like shoot them up, playing that they're playing guns, shooting right with guns. Yeah, <laughs> right. And two, uh, we want to prove that we can share our own personal thoughts about this and not destroy our friendship. Yeah. Uh, that's a goal. That's, that's an goal. important goal. And I think that might be the primary that's probably, goal. <laughs> this, is, this is a show less about <laughs> toy guns and more of a show of can people remain friends yeah. talking about their personal parenting styles. Um, and, and also, I think we were saying, like, neither of us went out and, like, specifically did research about, like, what you, quote-unquote, should do about this. Like, what is the right thing to do? We didn't give it the same respect as, say, sleep training or bottle feeding. Yeah, like, neither (laughs) of us, like, we are we are really just having a conversation about, like, kind of our our gut instincts about this. And, yes, 
yeah, where we're at right now. Right. And uh, and as a third personal goal for me, I'm going to do. Re- I'm going to try really hard to listen. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I will too. All right. All right. All right. Um. So let's yeah. just let's just lay out right off the bat. Okay. Our our positions. Okay. Okay. I will. I will actually go first. Yeah. Go first. Okay. I am totally fine with my kids playing with toy guns. Okay. And I mean, we will talk further about that, but that's just my. Yeah. That's the initial statement. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and I'm I mean, I'm the opposite. I don't want my kids to play with toy guns. Um <laughs> I don't want them to play shooting, like play that they're okay. shooting. Right. Um and the reason I'm like separating that out is okay. because I I just will tell this quick story about no, what's fun. going on with Simon is that he's really into Toy Story right now. Uh-huh. And in Toy Story 1, if anybody has watched it a quajillion times recently like <laughs> I have, um, you may recall that at the in the opening scene, mm. Andy, the little boy, yeah. is playing that Potato Head has a little green gun and is saying, this is a stick up. Right. Don't anybody move. And He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. Yeah. And he has a, he has a green plastic gun right and from for the last few months simon's been watching a bunch of watching this over and over and he's really into toy story and he really likes reenacting the little scenes with his own toys sure some of which he has and others of which he sort of like pretends that this toy is standing in for the toy on on the movie right what he didn't have was a gun he did not even have a word for what that green thing was right he literally had sure. no he had no word for that there's so, really no reason to have been talking about guns right three percent just never yeah <laughs> right. it's never come up and I guess it hasn't come up at school either because yeah. it just he didn't know what that was. Okay. We talked about what it was, um, and and then he began asking for one. And when I said I wasn't going to get him one, right. he wanted me to help him make one. Um, Got and it. we kind of went through this whole thing. And um, Jesse and I are actually totally on the same page about this. We having not even had a previous conversation about it, we both instinctually said, were like, yeah. we both said, no, we don't, we don't play with guns in our house. We don't, we don't play with toy guns. Um, right. We're not going to make, we're not going to help you make one and we're not going to get you one. Right. So we're, and, the, and I know that you really want one, but the reason why is that guns, even a, a toy gun is a pretend gun, but a real gun hurts people it can even kill people right um and so we don't for you for just even yeah yeah. well because i wanted him to understand because there's very few things where we're just like no i won't even like help you make a thing about that and i said you know i know that's really hard because you you really want to do this but i'm i'm not okay with it we don't we don't like those kind of games in our house we just don't do it and um that was really hard for him and it, it took he, he would bring this up on a daily basis yeah. for a really long time. And at a certain point, I realized, and he would try to come up with ways of making them on his own. Yep. And at a certain point, he would, you know, hold up like a stick or something. And he would say, it's so sweet. He would say like, all right, everyone, this is a stigger. <laughs> like, he does, like he speaks really well. I mean, he speaks like... He right. speaks like a you know much older child, but he doesn't understand the words that right. Andy is saying in the movie. So he's just repeating like phonetically yeah. what he's hearing. He doesn't know what a fucking stick up is. Right, right, he doesn't course. know what any of these things mean, but right. he wants to reenact the thing. And at a certain point, you know, I just said to Jesse, "This is so stupid. Like, I'm just gonna help him do that. Like, make the because <laughs> oh, we really? have yeah because okay. we have this um." He has this toy that actually you had recommended when he was really into taking things apart. And it's oh, like yeah. a drill screwdriver. Yeah. And it looks kind of like a gun. Yep. And he had been asking me, can I like use this? Can you help me tape this to Potato Head's hand? Right. And I said no so many times. And at a certain point, I was just like, you know what? You're not even using this as a gun. Like, right. You're, u- you're not using it to shoot. You're not using it to hurt. You're, right. you're literally using it to act out a scene that you saw. And I, yes, I will totally help you do that right. as long as you understand, like, why we don't like guns, right. why we're not okay with guns. Yeah. And so we did that, and then he played it for a little while, and now it's over. Like, it's gone from yeah. his consciousness. Do you know what I'm saying? I totally know what you and mean. And so, but still, and so I think it's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting story in the sense that, like, it brings up these questions instantly yeah. of, like, well, kind of what's the point of not letting your kids play with toy guns? Right. But I will say, having this experience, even though I ended up, like, quote-unquote giving in and, like, letting him do this yeah. thing that he wanted to do, it doesn't change the fact I still stand by, I never want to buy him a gun. Right. I never want him to pretend to be shooting a gun in my house. Yep. And 
I don't care if he does that, like, at somebody else's house where it's okay in their house or whatever. Right. But I want him to know that our value system in our house is that that is not acceptable. Yes, I fully agree. And I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that the the that question that you kind of came to in the process is one. And I mean, I started out with a girl. Mm-hmm. So... It's a little different. It was a little different yeah. uh, in terms of how soon she wanted to play w- right. with a gun, uh-huh. you know, per so it se. it wasn't three and a half. It, was it wasn't three and a half. It was later. I mean, uh-huh. I, I, I will share this story. I always okay. knew that I I am that I was okay with toy guns. Mm-hmm. I mean, even before, because I played with cap guns. So you pop, 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 pop. You put the little uh-huh. caps in it, and they make the little banging sound. Mm-hmm. We played with those as kids. And um, we had, even at camp, at like, I mean, not at like two, but like at age you know, like eight, seven or eight, you at camp, one of the, just like there was archery, there was like BB gun, you know, mm-hmm. uh, practice shooting, whatever. Um, uh, I don't, I don't think I had a gun as a baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, but I can remember because Stefan and I did sketch comedy in New York, mm-hmm. there were, there was in the prop box mm-hmm. when we had Katie Bell, a bunch of like sold off shotgun looking, oh, yeah. you know, all these guns that we used. You mean your sketches. own personal prop box that you keep uh, yeah, in the house? Okay. That we used to, used to, uh, yeah. prop box of, of toy guns, <laughs> uh, that of course were like spray painted black cause we were using them on stage and like all this stuff. And, uh, and there was like one day when she was like like 18 months, probably the same age as Ellis, that like she picked one up out of the prop box. And I did say to Stefan, that's weird. That's um, that's that is weird looking. And I'm not sure I like my baby yeah. holding a toy gun. Yeah. So like so which is why? fair. So which why is fair. didn't you like seeing your baby holding a toy it, gun? Because well, if it was if it was a bright orange gun, I might not have actually had as big of an issue yeah. with it. But this was such a realistic gun. Uh-huh. It's sort of like Watching her for the first time, watching television a little bit. Yeah. It's like a, it's like it's like a weird it's like, thing. It's of, like ruining her innocence or well, something. Well, yeah, it's an like, adult thing in yeah. a baby's hand. So yeah. I like for me, just so I'll just set my yeah. thing up real quick. Yeah. For me, I certainly think there's an age, there's a right age for letting a kid play with a toy gun. Okay, okay? Uh, and that's when my child can understand anything I want to share with them about what guns are. Uh-huh. Uh, for me. The only gun we have in the house right now that they can play with is a wooden, it's an old wooden rubber band gun. You hook the rubber band on one end, ratchet it back Mm -hmm. uh, with a little, you know, contraption in the gun. And then it is totally a piece of wood with the rubber band. Um, But when when she wants to play with it, Uh we talk about guns like uh-huh. we've and we've talked about guns in the past in general because like let's say we watched a mythbusters when she was like four and a half or five uh-huh. or and they always do gun stuff on the show um i'm pretty much a, you know how i am i like to start prepping my children for like you know anything uh, strangely early uh, but like we've talked about like if you ever go to somebody's house and there's yeah. like a gun on the table don't assume it's a toy gun you know like we, we yeah. I use her playing with guns as a chance to talk about guns interesting and we talk about things like when she was learning how to load the rubber band gun mm-hmm. it was like you point it away don't ever point it at somebody's face when you're right. loading this with the, or at anybody because the rubber band will hurt Yeah, you know you point it down and this is how you do it never leave this wooden gun out somewhere Yeah, <laughs> you always put it away in the drawer because it can yeah. hurt your brother and we just kind of like talk about it like loosely a little bit it was like watching rapunzel uh i mean twi- uh, tangled and she like whacked people on the head with a frying pan and that was actually more disturbing to me than if she like run around with a gun because like a frying pan is always accessible to my children yeah. <laughs> i wanted to be like if you hit somebody with a frying pan you in the head kill you'll kill them yeah you absolutely everything she's doing yeah is a deadly maneuver yeah right that's so true um so <laughs> And I knew we were going to be doing a lot of Bugs Bunny watching I was in the thinking, house. Sorry, I was thinking about that one. Because we watched Tangle for the first yeah. time like a week ago. And I was like, that's she, terrifying. terrifying. right? Like, she <laughs> beats the shit out of that man with that pan. He should not be coming and to. And it looks like a cast iron yeah, pan. Yeah, it's cast like, iron. Like if we like did, I mean, you sorry. Would be I know that's derailing. You You'd be, be so dead. dead. Right? So anyway, so like, you know, everything's a life lesson in life and death. <laughs> right, exactly. But, um. And I guess for me, when I think back to when I played with mm-hmm. guns as a kid, yeah, it was never about killing somebody. Uh-huh. It was sort of like what you were talking about. The gun was always a toy. It was a prop in a larger creative play. Uh-huh. I wasn't going out to play, let's go shoot somebody. Yeah. If I was playing 
We just played G.I. Joe, which was not even a very good version of G.I. Joe. We just yeah. ran around and hit under leaves and we're like, G.I. Joe, back, you know, yeah. like, shot or whatever. But like it was such it was such a prop versus a a real weapon. I wasn't using it like right. I, it, there was a disconnect for me. Right. Um, and Stefan was actually same, raised the same way uh, you were. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're raising your kids. Mm-hmm. No guns. They were never going to buy him a gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so actually, he wasn't allowed to have half the Star Wars figures that he wanted because they oh, all came yeah. with tiny little guns. Uh-huh. But when he went out to go play with his friends, they all played guns. Mm-hmm. But again, he said, I never have any memory of it being about the gun as much as it was whatever scene we were like playing. Mm-hmm. And the scene we were playing wasn't, it was like, reach for the sky, Hufford. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like, let's go out and murder zombies. Well, yeah. But, but here's but, the thing I want to talk about, about uh-huh. this in particular, okay. is I do think um, what I had in my, like, the most intense video game mm-hmm. about gun shooting that I grew up with was Duck Hunt. Yeah, I remember Okay? That. Yeah. And you were shooting a duck. Yeah. Right? While a lot of kids have older brothers and sisters or parents who are playing some pretty intense video games where guns are absolutely used. Oh, totally. For... For death. For death. And in yeah. a toy situation. Yeah. And I do wonder, you know, as... I mean I, I mean, I just know that there are different... I don't know how much that affects kids playing yeah. with guns well, I now. Think, I, I think video games are definitely another Yeah, I know that's a different too, discussion. But I see what you're saying. Like the, the Again, like, I watched Bugs Bunny. Like, that's where I saw people using guns yeah. or cowboy and but Indian I think, stuff. And, I think that's interesting because, like, um, you're talking about, like, the way kids play with guns mm-hmm. as being telling in some way of like whether they're using them in an okay way or not like I feel like I I'm totally on board with you for like that it's part of their imaginary play right um and like I don't I don't see I'm not worried about my kids like having toy guns and then playing murder games (laughs) and like suddenly becoming murderers like that's like I swear I'm more worried about like drowning or pan hitting or like playing some other like kids other playing other things that could actually I feel are way more dangerous than gun play I think actually for me it's much more about um that Sorry to go to this place, sure. but like for me, like guns are the scariest thing I can pretty much think of. Right. Like they're for death, they're right. for killing. They're, it's a machine Absolutely for, for killing. killing. Yes. And so for me, like not allowing guns, toy guns, yeah. and toy shooting play in right. my house is just a way of saying like our value system is very just anti gun, period. Sure. Like, yeah. and it's not, I, I totally. I'm fully on board for like the like I even I even would use like if a kid wanted to play pretend about shooting and killing someone right. and like kind of working out the imaginary play of like you're dead now yeah. and what and like what does that mean or now you know whatever yeah. I almost that's to me that's like oh I kind of feel like that's important for them to like think about these things yeah. and work that stuff out and imaginary play I think is so valuable and needed for kids like as they are growing and developing yeah but like for me I think what trumps all of that is just I hate guns I think they're gross and I think in our country specifically the United States it's so out of control the um the gun culture it's so beyond it's like you go anywhere else in the world and we're insane I mean we're totally insane and so like for me this is like some small shred of control that I can yeah. have where I can just say to my kids, like, I actually think guns are so bad. Yeah. That it's like the one thing that you're not ever allowed to play in yeah. this house. Do you well, know what I'm saying? No, I like, know exactly what you're saying. And it's so interesting because, yeah, you know, okay, I have two things. One, so Stefan, in telling his story to me last night, he said, it's funny, the place where the kids played shoot him up gun games the most was in Sweden where no one is a gun owner mm-hmm. versus when he was in America where people didn't play it as much or at least his experiences with his neighborhood friends the most gunplay happened in the but but it, it, and that's not like a haha that's more of a it wasn't that interesting that like even do you is it because there was such a disconnect from what guns did that uh-huh. there was maybe more gunplay or maybe just it doesn't really matter per se yeah um though but that does not negate what you're saying, because I fully agree that our gun culture is totally out of control. Um, I grew up in a heavy gun culture area of the world, 
Alabama. Uh, I will say I can only speak to, uh, I don't remember there being guns in our house until I was much older and like somebody died and like uh-huh. we inherited guns. You got a gun. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then like later my mother had a gun. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but my friends, I grew up like in elementary school with yeah. kids whose families hunted and they hunted. Totally. And, you know, and you're, and here's the funny thing is you're, there is, I've always, at least in my personal experiences, mm-hmm. because the homes that I went into locked everything up. There was never, right. it was like such part of their culture to be responsible and sure. safe yep. um, that when we played, you still weren't playing, I'm going out to kill you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was like the Mr. Potato Head all the time. Totally. Right? Yeah. Um, but I do, no, I, it's interesting. I, yeah, I have, I totally agree with everything you're yeah. saying. I, I actually agree with what you're like. I, I actually really, what the part about what you were saying that I really like is that like what you're doing with the rubber band gun yeah. does give you an opportunity to talk about guns all the time. You it know what I mean? Like and both, like, here's I, the thing. Yeah. Both choices yeah. are allowing us to talk to our kids about guns. Yeah. And I think actually, if I were going to turn this into a totally different direction now, uh-huh. which I've decided I might try and do. Okay. Um, we're great parents, everybody. We're so great. But <laughs> I will say that when you said we're not letting our kids play with guns, mm-hmm. I have another friend who doesn't let their kids play with guns, but they don't even talk about guns mm-hmm. outside of guns are bad. Yeah. The end. Yeah. Like the more they can just shield their son from knowing about guns, like somehow that's going to prevent yeah. any gun interaction ever, right. which to me leads to my my concerns with people like eliminating yeah. the gun thing altogether is yeah. what do you do when your kid runs into the kid who's been playing, you know, totally. Mortal Kombat? Yeah. Totally. You know, like what do you do? When your kid's surrounded by those, you know, these types of kids and they don't know what to do. Because it leads me to that whole line of thinking of I don't ever want my kids to have sex. So or even, you know. Right. So, so we'll I'm just never pretend gonna, that it sex doesn't exist. doesn't exist. Yeah. Right? And then and hopefully then, they just won't ever find out about it. Well, or how do you protect your kids from dangerous people? Who, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Totally. Like you've got to. I yeah. want Katie we Bell to, like, to know right. that guns are bad. And yeah. that there's a difference between a toy one and a real one. Yep. And not to even. And if she ever saw one land on a table at somebody's house, don't even try and guess yeah. if it's real or not. Right. You walk away yeah. and you get home. If a friend ever yeah. brings one to school that you think is a toy or not, yeah. you tell a teacher right. immediately. Like, you know, like this is such an opportunity to do that. And I, I again, I'm so happy to hear you talking about how you guys talk about it, mm-hmm. that it isn't like a, we're just not having guns. And like our house is not just it's the wild fucking right. west. <laughs> Let me open right. a beer with my with my rubber band gun, right. Katie Bell. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's We're actually like a lot closer than I think. Yeah, I, I think we're actually yeah. a lot closer. But I yeah. think talking about toy guns does we were uh, hanging out at a kids area over the, you know, last week and I said to her, I'm not sure we're taking this as seriously as, as as some people might. Like, this might touch on nerves that we're not even... I mean, mm-hmm. I know it touches our own personal nerves right. about this, but, like, yeah. so I do... The add. only other thing I want to add is there... We have not... We have not touched on, and it's, it's sort of related, but the issue of, like, kids getting Oh, my gosh. Because is, they're holding yeah, toy guns? Yes. I wanted to touch on this, okay. too. I wanted to say, yeah. thank you so much for reminding me. Okay. I wanted to say that my only fear, like my, <laughs> not my only fear. Right. I have lots of fears. <laughs> Go back to the anxiety episode. But one of my fears. Or every other episode every of this show. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, watch your step, baby girl. Watch your step. Um, me is, is Katie Bell can run around the house with that wooden toy gun all she wants, and that's fine. I do have a fear that if my kids are playing with toy guns, and clearly really anywhere, that it could be confused for a real gun and somebody will shoot them. And here's my totally awful comment on that. Then I remember my kids are white. (laughs) And I suddenly realize... The odds of them getting shot, it's less likely to happen to my kids. But it's such a, I I have to imagine, it's such a concern that a whole group of people in our country have to deal with in terms of how you have to raise your kids differently Mm -hmm. because because they're not white. Mm -hmm. And it's a really, and I, I hope people maybe will come onto our Facebook 
page and, and continue this discussion a little bit about the concerns of, you know, if you're, you know, I have an African-American child or a Hispanic child or really, really, I hate to say it, anybody who's not white, standing outside with a gun at the age of 12, getting shot by a cop. I, yep. That's a horrible thing. And it's such a huge extra level of worry about our toy guns. And I can remember people being so upset when uh, they demanded that uh, toy companies make the guns like bright green and bright orange yeah. and all that stuff. And I just remember thinking, why the fuck not? Let them be bright orange. It's not. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, that's fine. Let them be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I think that part of it is, I don't know, like, there's this part of me that feels like, yes, a toy gun can be mistaken for a real gun. Right. By a police officer or by an adult carrying a real gun. Yes. Who's an idiot. <laughs> or by... Or by another child. child. Right. And also a child who maybe is used to playing with a fake gun might Confused. be more comfortable picking up a real gun because right. they're used to playing with a fake Do you know what I'm saying? I know exactly Where it's what like you're saying. Yeah. There isn't the same fear about it, which in some cases I think you could argue is good. Right. But there isn't the same fear. Right. Because, you know, and, and, which is scary. Well, and I think that that's where... That two things. One, you and I having this discussion comes solely or bringing solely our own personal experiences into this. And we accept that there are a lot of other experiences uh, that people bring to this discussion in their house. Yeah. Uh, But I think I do think it, it is there is nothing wrong with waiting for the correct age to let your kids start interacting with it. Stefan actually, they wound up actually letting Stefan uh, have Star Wars figures with guns when he was around seven. The first mm-hmm. one they gave him was like an Ewok with an axe. Mm-hmm. And when he just ran around, bang, bang, bang with that right. axe. And they were like, all right, fuck this. Yeah. Here's your, here's your fucking I know. I think Star sometimes the kid decides for you. Yeah. Because at a certain point, they're just using, they just decide something else is a, a gun. gun. Right. It's really, I mean, but I still think, I don't know. It's like, the, it's such a gray area at that point because you can say like, you're not allowed to pretend that that's a gun. But then yeah. they just do it in their yeah. mind. Like, you they can't just, stop you know what I'm your saying? kid from pl- but yeah. you can't but you can still say but I still yes. will never buy you a gun like you a toy st- gun education, I will ne- because yes. of these reasons like you have yeah. to talk you cannot think that this problem is something that can be solved by not talking about right. it yeah. and again Katie Bell's allowed to play with the wooden one because she's old enough now for us to have discussions and I can right. make her repeat back to me yeah. what if you're at somebody's house and you see this yeah. what do you do this yeah. you know what I yeah. mean like it's it is. I mean, is that going to, does that mean that's going to protect her? I don't know. Probably not. Maybe. But maybe. Yeah. Uh, but probably it, better than not saying anything. Probably about better it. than not <laughs> saying anything. And, say, and explaining why you're not letting guns yeah. is also incredibly valuable because the conversation at the core is still the same that needs to be had. Mm-hmm. Guns kill people. If you hold a gun in your hand, a real gun in your hand, mm-hmm. expect somebody to die. Right. The end. Right. And uh, I think that as long as, we don't confuse having those conversations mm-hmm. uh, with play or not play with guns. Yeah. Then, then that, then that is a good thing. Yeah. And that is, you know, then whatever your personal choice is of having guns in your house or having not guns in your house. Yeah. Is totally your personal choice. Yeah. Good job, everybody. Yeah. Good job for making some decisions. All right, Teresa. Yeah. I still totally love you. I still totally love you too. Want to go out and shoot some guns? <laughs> No. If you enjoy this show and are looking to get into audio production, you should apply for Max Fund's very first production fellow position. It's a year-long contract position where we'll offer training and you'll work hands-on for Max Fund shows like this one. Our application deadline is June 15th, so apply now. Details are at MaximumFun.org fellowship. 
Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Teresa, yeah, genius fail time. Oh, good. <laughs> Let's move on to something <gasps> much less awkward <laughs> and talk about how great we are. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. We have had these faucets in our house ever since we moved in that are, like, a little bit hard to turn on and off in our bathroom. And, like, they're kind of sharp. Like, I've almost, like, cut (laughs) myself on them. I think they're just, like, really shitty. Like, they probably were discounted or whatever. So I, like, have to wash Simon's hands for him every time, you know? Yeah. And, like, turn it on, turn it off, do all the stuff. And then, like, I realized at school the other day, like... He can totally wash his own hands, like, all the steps by himself, like, no big deal. Like, yeah. totally good at it at this point. He's probably been doing it for a year at school. <laughs> like you, Mom. You know? Right. Yeah. But it's just because I can't let him do this on our faucets. Right. I, the faucets are really hard to use, and they're they're sharp. I don't yeah. want him to, like, cut himself. But it occurred to me it's not, like, that expensive to get a new faucet. <laughs> and so we just picked out, like, a nice new faucet yeah. that is, like, really easy with, like, the handles that are really easy nice. for the kids to. To to maneuver. Yeah. And we got it. We like installed it. And like he has a little stool that he can pull up. He can reach everything. He can reach his soap. He can reach the water. He can reach the towel to dry his hands. (laughs) And he does it. Like he does it. He does it when I ask him to. Yeah. And he does it even when I don't ask him to, like when he's done with a meal and his hands are sticky. Yeah. He'll just, I'll hear him in there. He goes in, washes his hands, and he's done. And like it's just, I mean, it just feels it, like a game changer. It's total game changer because it's like, you know, it's like five times a day, yeah. like at least. That's you know great. what I mean? And now he's do and he's doing it. Isn't it great to be like, that's a problem. Yeah. Oh, and I solved it. Yeah. Ah, that's good. Yeah, thanks. Uh, okay. Uh, I had one of the S's this weekend. Nice. Uh, and we, and Let's, my should S, we, should we my guess S, which one? My S was for scheduling it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Devin and I had a date night on uh, Saturday night and it was very nice. Uh, but like the night before or like the days leading up, just like, oh, we're going to date night. Yeah. And Stephen's like, give yeah. me the eye. Yeah. And I'm like, every night I'm just like, I'm so fucking tired. Yeah. So I finally looked at him like uh, the Friday night and I was like, tomorrow night, it's happening. <laughs> no matter what. And I not only had to You had to like psych I had to like up. put it yeah. out into the universe yeah. and say it to this him so it's accountable. Yeah. Right? And uh, and it did. Yes. And it was uh, so it was scheduling uh-huh. sex and success. Yes. <laughs> Your own three S's. Yeah, my own personal three S's. I love it. Scheduling's always involved, guys. In my Good S's. job. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, family listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Hi there, one bad mother. I'm not sure if this is going to be a rant at the uh, lack of of quality uh, spaces for mothers in airports or a genius for momming up, (laughs) but um, I just pumped in the open in Atlanta's airport (laughs) because my only choices for pumping breast milk on my business trip was a public family bathroom. I don't make my lunch in the bathroom, so why would they expect me to make my baby's lunch in the bathroom? Nice. So I said, fuck that. I'm going to mom up. I'm going to sit on the floor by the, by the window, look out the window, eat my lunch, and pump my breast milk for my baby. So let's see if we can get some airports to get on the ball, because fuck that. I was really not excited about it, but I figure if, if one of us does it, then someone else might do it. And if enough of us start pumping in the middle of the terminal <laughs> at the airport, they might actually give us some proper facilities. So there's a rant, a fail, a genius. I'm not sure what it is, but you guys are doing awesome. Have a great day. What it is, yeah. is it, it is a, oh, my fucking God, that's genius. Yeah. And I hear you and see that you did that, yeah. and I am paying attention, and good fucking job. Seriously. Good job. Yeah, good job. I, that's yeah, awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. Failures. Fail, 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 fail! 
You suck. I need to <laughs> stop buying clothes online because I have no idea what size yeah. I am. Mm-hmm. And I need to stop just eyeballing clothes at Target because I don't want to deal with like yeah. bringing children into the changing room with me. Yeah. And I'm like, this is probably right. This is probably fine. Yeah. And it, I've I've bought I mean, yeah, because it my body's still changing postpartum. Yeah. Okay, Oscar's one and a half. He's yeah. nineteen months. My body is still changing. Yep. Um, and I also like still can't figure out what, what? my style is and what I'm wearing. Like I can't. Like everything yeah. is just different now. Yes. I like can't figure it out. And so I am. And a lot of stuff is a lot of stuff that fits me now is old. And yeah. I don't like. It's just everything fits differently. And I do like need things. Yeah. But like I just don't. I feel like I don't have time to like really go shopping and like yeah. really try things on slowly and like. Do I really like this? It's like yeah. it's always like an emergency, and I'm there, and I'm rushing with the baby, and I'm like, oh, it's pretty much work. Or I you think get they're it good, and I get online, or I just get it online, and then bit. I'm right, and it's just, and I can't, can't for the life of me figure out what size I am. I know. Like, yeah, I, I'm buying things in like six, like I'll, I'll buy like a you know small pants and like a large shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like I can't. It changes, it, and yeah, it's like it never before has the like. Weird sizing that different stores yeah. mix up to make you feel a certain way when you buy their yeah. clothes totally backfire more totally. than like after you've had a kid. Yes, because like your body is not the same at no. all. I yeah yes I I'm that is a good thing to stop failing it. Yeah, I need to yeah. just pull that together. Yeah, that's brain that in. Um, so Stefan and I had our amazing uh, date night, mm-hmm. and this is really more of a Stefan fail, but I'm going to share the <laughs> next. You're welcome. The next morning. <laughs> <laughs> and me. The next morning, uh, Stefan gets up to get the kids and get pancakes ready for our Sunday morning pancake day. And while I'm sound asleep, I have a dream in which Stefan just starts bringing dishes that he says are clean and dumping them in the bed, but they're <laughs> fucking filthy. And one of them contains blackberries that like stains my quilt, like my favorite quilt. And I know that I'm not going to be able to get it. And I'm like having this panic attack. I'm yeah. like, why are you doing this? Why are you bringing these things in here? These aren't clean. This is like, are you a fucking idiot? Yeah. Like, what is your problem? Like, I'm so absolutely furious with Stefan in my dream. (laughs) And like a minute later, he actually in real life wakes me up because we don't have buttermilk and he's going to go get butter, but I have to get on up now and and deal with this. And I I was just like, I mean, that blackberry stain, I still am convinced that it's somewhere in the house. It's there. And I, it just ruined everything. Oh, (laughs) so mad at him for the first half of the day. I just was like, great. Stefan's like, you're always so mad at me. and I'm always doing the worst things in your dreams. <laughs> My baby has a horrible cough. And of course, there's no medicine I can give him because he's only six months. So my doctor told me to go get a humidifier, which my husband told me was a waste of money. And I went and bought one and I read the instructions and it was said, okay, if you have soft water, you need to put some salt in the water. So I did, and uh, apparently I put too much in because I went to get my baby after his two-hour nap with the humidifier on, and I walked into a steam room where I could hardly see my hand in front of my face. So, um, yeah, I'm really glad I did not cook my baby to death. Uh, uh, there's condensation on the ceiling, on the walls, uh, on the windows. And the condensation on the ceiling is this nasty, like, yellow color that looks like pee. And so now I get to dump all the water out of the humidifier, uh, frantically wipe down the entire room uh, before my husband gets home so he can't say, I told you so. Right. A lot. I just like that's impressive. That is impressive. That is a powerful humidifier. I, yeah, <laughs> I kind of like want to know what know. she was using because like I can't. It's, I can I never think get mine it's so be... dry here. Yeah, it's like instant that the steam is gone. It's well, like, or it there's just like a weird just... spot like right in front, but yeah. it never is like right. filling up the already incredibly small room. Right. And I'm just like, well, that just made the carpet damp. Right. And this is up on a shelf. Yeah. You know, like that's not. Yeah. Oh well, you're doing a horrible job. Yeah. Awful. Sorry. Yeah. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on.
Lisa. Yes. Let's call a mom. Great. Good. This week, we are calling Sarah Thayer, who is an actress and writer who's appeared on Late Night with Conan O'Brien and Strangers with Candy and has recently entered the world of podcasting with her podcast, Crybabies, that she hosts with Susan Orlean. She is also adding her voice acting talents to the Netflix original series, All Hail King Julian. Welcome, Sarah. Hi. You're not going to do any, like, beep, 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 boop sound effects of, no. of calling me? I, I could. Hold on. Beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, boop. <laughs> I know. It's always a, it's a much quicker connection than most guests hear from expect. you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, we're just here with you in your house. <laughs> yeah. It is strange, though, that I... I, I love unin- unannounced, uninvited guests. <laughs> let's, let's talk about parenting, Sarah. What are you doing right now? Um, let's uh, actually start with the first question we always ask all of our guests, which is, who lives in your house? Uh, Well, my uh, my husband, Andy, and my two children. I have a 14-year-old son named Will and a nine-year-old daughter named Mercy. And we have two dogs (laughs) named Kiwi and Tango. (laughs) We rescued because we're great people. Good job. Really? That makes yes, up for- they're mutts, but I don't go around bragging about it. I saw a woman in a, wearing a dog rescue. This was a few weeks ago here in L.A. Uh, I saw a woman wearing a dog rescue T-shirt stepping distastefully over a homeless person. Uh, and I was oh, like, God. that's my problem. That's my issue with dog rescue people. That in a pretty nutshell. much nails it. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed I, whenever I see those uh, bumper stickers that say, who rescued who? I'm always like, yeah. we basically rescued our dogs. Like, sorry, but I mean, yeah. I love my dogs, but like, we basically, we, we did rescue them. I don't call I mean, it a favor when they shut on my floor all the yeah. time. Right, exactly. We also have a bird that's very screechy and just totally attached to it in love with my husband and hates the rest of us. Oh. And there are times where I look around my house and I'm like, I never wanted any of this. I never wanted dogs shitting on the floor right. or birds screeching. Like, how did I end up in this? Not even situation. like the husband. Not even, not even the husband. Just like fuck this shit. You know what happened is that our our son has a tree nut allergy, and so we couldn't get pets for a long time. And finally, you know, my husband's like, "Let's go get a bird." He's not allergic mm, to birds. Yeah. He's allergic to a lot of animals too. And um, then they brought this bird home, and guess what? One of the major components in bird food is isn't it nuts? Nuts. Yeah, wouldn't right. it be nuts? So I'm like looking at these pistachios. Like, are you kidding me? But of course, you know, part it's best to just accept that free will is an illusion in life and you can move on and enjoy yourself. (laughs) So for me to accept that I had no part in getting the bird or the dogs or anything, but now I'm probably at least half responsible for cleaning up after them is the best thing for me to, you know, just to, to be Zen about it, I should say. Well, you're welcome. Good job. You're welcome. <laughs> Very good job. You're killing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to talk about crybabies uh, briefly. Uh, okay. you, you have five seconds to tell me about crybabies. No, no. I Talk to me a little bit about crybabies. I really like the goal of the show, <laughs> what you yes. guys are talking about. But I would like you to explain it to our audience and what you guys kind of do every other week. Okay. Well, um, Paul Shear got... Our orders from Earwolf to, you know, set up kind of a sister company called Wolf Pop, and it was like a pop culture, a a group of pop culture um, podcasts. And he asked me if I'd be interested in doing one, and I was in one of those modes, which I'm sure you guys probably do this too, where you're like, this year's New Year's resolution, I'm just going to say yes to everything. <laughs> I have not and then gotten usually to that the very place. next year's New Year's resolution is, I'm going to learn to say no to it. Yeah. <laughs> but I was in my yes mode, so I said, sure. And I went in and met with them. And it's just kind of an idea that I've always had because I sort of fetishize crying. Um, <laughs> the, the idea behind Crybabies is that we talk to people, mostly creative people. Well, they're all like writers, musicians, and actors and stuff about any art, it could be plays, books, TV shows, songs, um, movies, things that make them cry. And sometimes <laughs> it's things that you they watch on purpose because they know it's going to make them cry. Other times it could be something very surprising. Um, but I just always wanted, it's a particular interest of mine because I love crying. And I often <laughs> go see movies by myself 
so I don't feel judged <laughs> by my uh, fellow companions that I'm crying or anything. I don't have to feel self-conscious when I go see a movie by myself, and I can let myself cry at maybe moments that are not appropriate to cry at, because that does happen to me sometimes, especially now that I'm moving into middle age and I'm I'm still getting like a huge geyser period, but I do feel like it's the last gasp of the period. I can't wait for it to be over. And I'm sure that's why it's a geyser because you're just like get, get it out out of me forever. Period. But um, I I'm very weepy all the time. I'm very hormonal, so I love just in general doing that. across and I the board. Realized that I would talk to people about it a lot, and then um, when I went in to meet with them, they were like, "Do you want to have a co-host?" And I thought. Yeah, I think it would be fun to have a co-host. And I immediately thought of Susan. I'd only met her a couple times. I knew her through, we had a mutual friend, David Rakoff, who, who passed away a few years ago, who's a writer. And I knew her through Twitter mostly. But then we did a few charity things together and a few socializing kind of things. And I just thought, she's super smart. She's funny. She's um, She would just be a great sounding board co-host person because she has great cultural references and know so much about, and I wasn't wrong. And we just kind of, we sort of just deepened our relationship by doing this podcast together, which has been quite fun. Do you ever cry on the show? Have you ever found yourself talking? I have cried. (laughs) I actually want, um, I I do want to mention this. One of my favorite guests is the writer, Karen Kilgariff. And she, Mm. her crying cue was probably the most bizarre that we've ever gotten, which was um, Sir Mix-a-Lot's baby got back. (laughs) Which she cried about because she felt like she, you know, when she was becoming a teenager, one of the first things she got was a bigger butt. Yeah. A round butt. That was like her first sign of femininity and she hadn't seen it celebrated anywhere. She'd just kind of seen it judged. So she wept when she heard that song riding along in the car with her girlfriends, which I loved. But on the same episode as Karen... My mom was visiting, um, my mom, Nancy Thayer, and we had her on as a guest. And one of the things, she had great cues, and she had more than we, because, you know, we just didn't have time to get to all of them. But um, she had great cues, but one of them really surprised me. I didn't know that my mom had ever seen the movie of The Elephant Man. Mm. Uh, I thought, you know, it's David Lynch, it's too weird for my mom. She's pretty, you know, she likes PBS, and that's about it. So I knew she'd seen the PBS version of The Elephant Man from when I was like eight years old, but I didn't know she'd seen the movie. But she chose the the musical crescendo at the end of The Elephant Man as one of her crying cues. And I was introducing it and talking about it. And I totally, this is the time where I totally lost it and was sobbing on the podcast. And I'm sure <laughs> it's awesome. probably because my mommy was well, there. Yeah, you know? of course. No, she wasn't crying. She mom. was dry on it. <laughs> She's yeah. like, toughen up, I Sarah. I about The Elephant Man <laughs> and how this music starts swelling up right at the moment where he's had like kind of his first normal day and evening going to the theater. And one of the things about him is that he couldn't physically lie down and go to sleep um, because he would die in his sleep. But he decides like, I'm going to sleep like a normal person. And he takes all the pillows off his bed and then lays down. And that's the end of the movie. And this music swells up and it (sighs) might even start crying right now. (laughs) Speaking of crying, I wanted to talk a little bit about maybe what, has been recently making you crazy in the world of pain. Because you've got, you know, you've got older kids. Teresa and I both have pretty young kids right now. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you mentioned that there was something that was kind of making you fucking nuts uh, as a parent. Uh, I would like you to share that with us. Uh, and I do wonder, like, is it a great universal no matter how old your fucking kids are or or if you go through different phases with this particular issue, depending on the age of kids? I, I think I'm sure you go. Uh, we can talk about like let's specifically talk about child hatred on, say, airplanes. OK, um, people love I to do hate feel kids. like somewhere along the line, we've lost our basic humanity and compassion uh, every week in the travel section of the New York Times, there's either an angry letter about horrible uh, children on airplanes or uh, an entire essay about how dare you travel with your children when I'm trying to enjoy myself. Right. And I do feel like when and I travel a lot by myself. And yes, I've had kids. So the crying child doesn't bother me as much. But I also have uh, headphones and Xanax. Yeah. And those two things, if you're an adult without children, or you know what? I take Xanax when I fly with my children sometimes <laughs> because 
It makes me a lot nicer. I'm not worried about d- crashing and dying the entire time. But I do feel like there's just a lack of compassion about about what what are we? We're we're civilization. So yes, some people are going to have children. That's just the reality. And sometimes we have to travel on airplanes with our children. And airplanes are miserable places for everyone. Yeah. But if there's some way that we can find within ourselves to Take our Xanax, put on our noise canceling headphones yes. if we're, say, we're child free, and maybe not glare at people with children. Um, I think, Biz, you mentioned to me in your email that you would not be the, those people who bring gifts for the people yeah. around them. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I think that that's really an overweening. I actually think that's kind of sad because it means that you need the approval of strangers yeah. more than you care about just you're taking care of your children's needs. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like there's no, there is, there is not a place I have found uh, that focus me, focuses me more on the needs of my kids than when we are traveling. You know what I mean? Right. Because it's so disruptive to them. It's so like, you know, sure, I want them to not scream the entire fucking time. But you know what? My second kid is a screamer. And he, yeah. there's nothing you can do to stop that screaming. He screamed all the way for the first like six to nine months of his life. There was just, <laughs> just nothing <laughs> besides singing show tunes to him, like walking around with him strapped to my chest. There was just nothing that was going to happen. Now I got up and I hung out back in the back. You know what I mean? But like... That's right. because that's also good for me. But they don't like you to hang up and, you know, what do you call it, loiter near the galleys or anything. Right. Yeah, but this you, is the thing. Yeah. I've done this a couple of times. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed this with your kids, but when a stranger talks to them, they get kind of scared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I've done this a couple of times where uh, I've seen, fam- and it's since my kids have been older and they are just watching their, you know, iPad or the videos or whatever that I brought to keep them satisfied on an airplane but when someone has a crying baby a few times especially if they have other children i will offer to walk up and down the aisle with the baby yeah and the baby really quiets down because they don't know whatever their survival instinct is kicks in like you know the baby hiding in the woods from a lion right right <laughs> and they just kind of stare at you it's the loveliest thing you can do for a mom with a crying child who has other kids too yeah you know what you i also say, that's yeah then take that's... your baby and walk up and down the aisle for a while yeah and I... there's been a few times where people are like you're amazing. You're a baby whisper. Like other people, the nasty people who were glaring at that mom of the crying mm-hmm. child just moments before. And I say, no, I'm not. This child is terrified. But I'm not <laughs> the mom. Because the best thing you can do is try to help the mom. And, you know, I remember complaining about a crying baby. This is long before I had kids to a friend of mine who had children. And she said, you know what? Yeah, it's annoying. She's much nicer and more diplomatic than I am, my friend Cynthia. And she said, yeah, it's annoying. But nobody on that airplane has it worse than the crying mom. I I mean, the mom. The mom, yeah, I agree. Who's crying on the inside and maybe on the outside. But ever since she said that to me, I feel like it just flipped a little switch in me. If you can think that way, like she's got it the hardest right now. Not any of us. Then it changes your whole attitude about what's, you know, happening. And also just that. And another, a friend of mine told me when he was flying on a plane with his baby um, in Africa, he was traveling a lot in Africa and he and his wife had the baby. And whenever the baby cried, people on the plane would be like, give me the baby. It was kind of, wow, it planted the seed in me to do this. And they just laughed. Like they were like, babies cry. Yeah. Babies cry. If people can just do that instead of saying like, what's wrong? That mother or father is such a terrible parent that the baby is crying. And it's like, no, babies cry. Yeah, no, and nobody yeah. has it worse than the mom of the crying baby. So yeah, I think like that. offering to take the child. Like I'll sometimes be like, "Hey, do you need if I'm traveling by myself? Do you want me to get your water? Do you want me to go <laughs> get you something from the back? Can I take that trash out of your way? You know what I mean? Because like yeah. any helpful thing you can do to reach out. And as I was saying to you in our email exchange, I find grown ups to be really worse uh, than kids because they know better. 
a lot of the times and like they yell, they listen to their headphones too loud and it's disrupt. You know what I mean? Like things, adults do stuff to piss me off on planes all the time, but you don't see a letter to the New York Times of me talking about them farting it up or like eating stinky eggs or talking about how they, (laughs) they swear to God, they understand God now. You know what I mean? Because they're a college kid who just had like 18 philosophy classes. If you can accept the one thing at the beginning, like babies cry, and the other thing you have to accept is airplanes are shitholes. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's the worst possible place. Then we're all kind of in the same boat. Exactly. And on that note, we've got to wrap it up. Um, uh, Well, we have enjoyed having you on the show, and uh, I'm sad we didn't get a chance to talk a little bit about All Hail King Julian, uh, the Netflix original. Oh, it's just great. It actually is the first thing I've done where my kids are watch it and are interested. It's a cartoon. (laughs) It's based. It's a spin off from the Madagascar movies and I get to do two of my favorite kind of voices which one is the Midwestern gal <laughs> and um, the other one is I don't know a hillbilly who gets a tea party <laughs> type of character so I'm having a really good time doing that and um, and um, well, everybody should watch it yeah I know we'll it's link great. everybody it's the president of Netflix's favorite show supposedly so well, that's awesome I don't know if it's just because of the marketing aspect <laughs> But I'm very proud of it. Well, we're going to link everybody up to that and the podcast and Twitter and all of the and your website and all of those great things so people can keep up with what you're doing. And thank, all right. thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. This was a I had really a great time. time talking to you guys. Yeah, so Happy parenting. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. You too. <laughs> Talk Bye. to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, Sarah. You make me sing la-la-la. You make a girl go Teresa. Yes. That was a good time. Yeah. Um, everybody, like to... sorry, just everybody needs to follow Sarah Thayer yeah. on Twitter. She's like my favorite person on all of Twitter. Yeah, and she's it, totally amazing. And it's nice that her work embodies things that you can enjoy privately as an adult, like yeah. Strangers with Candy. Totally. And then you can also enjoy with your children, like yeah. All Hail King Julian. Yeah. And I'm totally down for the Crybabies podcast. That yeah, sounds, that sounds amazing. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Speaking of totally amazing, mm-hmm. uh, it is time to hear a mom have a breakdown. Let's listen to a mom rant. Great. Good. Hey, one bad mother. I have a genius that turned into a fail, and then I'm going to wrap it all up with a rant for you guys. <laughs> so my genius was I am 24 weeks pregnant, and my friends and I decided to have a girls weekend away because that sounded like a fantastic idea. So we went up to Tahoe, and we got a cabin, and it was beautiful, and I promptly came down with the worst case of pink eye I have ever had in my entire life, which swelled my entire eyes shut. And because of that, I had no depth perception and ended up falling down a flight of stairs (gasps) while pregnant. Everybody's fine. Baby's fine. I'm fine. I feel like a jackass, and it kind of put a damper on the weekend. (laughs) So my rant is, I am over being sick. We have a two-and-a-half-year-old. He has given me every cold and every infection that he possibly can this season. We are on cold number eight and stomach flu number two and now pink eye and fuck that. I'm over it. And so I guess. I'm just tired of people telling me it's building his immunity. Because <laughs> I'm going to pack his bags and went to the Bahamas as soon as I got a stick and found out I was like for second child. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I'm guilty of that one. Yeah. That's a really... Sadly, uh, part of her stuff got uh, kind of lost, so we didn't get to hear the rest of how horrible everything is right now. But I feel like leading up to uh, the call cutting out, uh, things were pretty bad. That was totally rant-worthy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, start out, good. Let's go out on a little trip. Yeah. You get fucking pink. It's fucking pink eye is the worst to get. It's totally the worst. It's really and one falling of... down the stairs is really scary. I know. I remember we were at Disneyland. I like just missed a chair altogether and like fell when I was pregnant. And I fell back like on the edge of like one of these like Pinocchio fireplaces, like whatever. And I, it was, it's like that combination of, oh my God, my baby. Oh my God, my own body. Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Yeah. Oh my God, Stephen, why didn't you see that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so that is like super. Uh, and then being told repeatedly, 
Yeah. It's building your kid's immune system does make you want to punch somebody in the face and build their pain immune system. Yeah. And also, like, what is the benefit of your kid building his immune system (laughs) while you're pregnant so you're not supposed to even get exposed to any of this stuff? Yeah. It's like the opposite thing that's supposed to be happening. Right. So that fucking sucks. Yeah. But you are doing a great job. Yeah. And you should go back to Tahoe. Sure. Anytime. Yeah. Get that kid out. Yeah. Leave them with somebody. <laughs> Give them pink eye. Just wear gloves and a mask all the time. And then go have an amazing weekend in Tahoe. With your girlfriends. With your girlfriends. <laughs> well, you're doing a very good job. Yeah. Um, Teresa, mm-hmm. what did we learn today? That we're still friends. That we're still friends. And uh, people are allowed to make different choices that work in their homes. Yeah. And nobody needs to feel bad about it if they make a different choice from someone else that they're friends with. That's right. And that you can can change your choices as you go. I don't know how I'll feel when Ellis is older. Yeah. Yeah, I have zero idea. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I think think really the the takeaway uh, from the whole discussion is... Just to have a when it comes to things that are uncomfortable for us and that may be a danger to our children, mm-hmm. we've got to like mom up and still talk about it. You know, yeah. it, 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 I mean, whatever you choose to do in terms of, you know, uh, toy guns in the house, no toy guns in the house. You know, sex. You know, pro sex education, pro anti sex education. Like whatever, you still have to have the conversation. You can't like walk through life just ignoring things that are awkward and uncomfortable and the thought of your children ever being involved in being absolutely the worst. It's like not talking about drugs or not talking about alcohol or not. <laughs> these are yeah. no, it, it, seeing Katie Bell as a baby with a toy gun was really disturbing, just as disturbing as if she had like a mini cocktail in her hand. Right, you know? totally. <laughs> like, that's just. Yeah, that's not for you. That's not for yeah. you. But like at some point in time in their life, they need to be explained why. That's yeah. not for you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, everybody, you're doing a really good job in terms of that. Just hang in there. Don't doesn't have to break up friendships. Nope. Doesn't have to end play parties. You know what I mean? The 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 goal is have the conversation with your friends and your other parents because your kids are eventually gonna be playing with each other and mm-hmm. these things are gonna come up. Yeah. So have the conversations and understand that everybody's right. Yeah. Um, unless Mostly. they're really wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and which, that's a totally different discussion. <laughs> uh, uh, totally separate. Um, also, we just rem- want to remind everybody to uh, join us on our Facebook page and our Facebook group. One is private, one is not. <laughs> the one you have to ask permission for is private. Yep. Uh, also, follow us on Twitter. You can follow us at One Bad Mothers on Twitter, or you can follow at Teresa Thorne at Twitter or at Biz Ellis at Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd also love it if you went on iTunes and clicked several stars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and wrote a little review. And wrote a little review. Perhaps. Always nice. Yep. Spread the word. Uh, Teresa. Yes. You are doing an incredibly good job. Oh, thank you so much. So are you, Biz. Thank you very much. Uh, Everybody, you are doing a good job. Yeah, you guys are. summer, guys, let's all go have some summer. Oh, yeah. Have a great time in Alabama. Thank you. And even while I'm there, we will still talk to you guys next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. I got to load down mama blues. I got to load down mama blues. Got to load down mama blues. Load down mama blues. Got to load down mama blues. Got to load down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, busting by, not low down mama blue. Oh, said Daddy, baby, busting by, not low down mama blue.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.